Welcome to A Beggar Who Found Bread. I'm your host, Brad, and I'm a beggar. I found the bread of life, the Messiah, Yeshua, and I'm provoking others to see where I found this bread. This episode, Pressure. Credit Billy Joel for the title to this episode. That's right, Billy the Piano Man Joel. Now, his father was a classically trained pianist. He escaped Germany to Sweden and then made his way to the U.S., Billy Joel, his famous son, has been married four times. He actually met model-slash-actress, and I think we use that term actress lightly when referring to Christy Brinkley, but he met Christy Brinkley while shooting the video for his song, Uptown Girl. He broke up with his then-girlfriend, Elle McPherson, to begin dating and then marry Christy Brinkley. I said he broke up with Elle McPherson to marry Christy Brinkley. I'm not, I don't, I don't even know what to do with that. I mean, I don't think I'm a shallow person, but he looks like a tree frog with a cul-de-sac hairstyle. And he's dumping Elle McPherson to marry Christy Brinkley. All right, whatever. Glass Houses is probably my favorite album of his, and I gotta say, and I already feel some hate coming my way, but I'm gonna tell you like it is, I do not care for the song Piano Man. Just not a fan of it. But Brad, that's iconic, that's his song. It's just so sentimental, and it's too sappy for me. I'm sorry. No. Just no. This is something that I call tough love, and the answer is no. Not to the Piano Man. All right. It's not about the music or the marriages anyway. It's about the message pressure. This episode, I thought we would take a look at the process of pressing olives into olive oil. Seriously. And no, I didn't change to a cooking uh, podcast either. Seriously. I want to take a look at the process of pressing olives into olive oil. And of course, There is definitely a connection to the life of the master Yeshua HaMashiach. And we see many biblical references to olives and olive oil. So there's got to be a reason. In ancient times, after olives were harvested, which is typically done in November, December time frame on our calendar, they would be brought to an olive press. Now, fresh olives are hard. So the first step is to crush them. The olives are placed so that a round stone wheel crushes them. It rolls over them and the pits and all just crushed into a paste. Typically, a donkey is used to maneuver the stone, walking around in circles as the wheel rolls over the olives time and again until they are crushed into a paste. The paste is scooped up, placed into flexible baskets with a hole in the center, and the baskets are stacked in columns of 15, and then each column placed beneath a pressing stone. Now, there are levers and pulleys attached to the pressing stones to help increase the pressure to make sure getting all the oil out that you can get out, Um, and they do this at each pressing. Olives again, are pressed three times. The oil produced from the first pressing 
is the purest. This is the oil that would have been given to the priests to use in temple services. This, this oil, this is the first fruits of the olive oil. It is holy, set apart to Adonai Elohim, the Lord our God. So that's where that first pressed oil would go. That's the best. It's for Adonai. The second pressing produces common oil, which is used in cooking or could be used for medicinal purposes as well. And then the third pressing produces oil, which was most commonly used in lamps um, as a fuel oil, because by the third pressing, there's some pit residue and perhaps some other impurities that have gotten into there uh, through the filtering system. So third pressing, fuel oil. There are three Hebrew words that refer to olive oil. The first is shemen. It's translated as the word seed or even semen. It carries with it the picture of reproduction, planting, and birth. And with the definition seed being shemen, referring to the olive oil, I think we can recall the words of our master that in order for a seed to produce fruit, it must first fall into the ground and die. The second Hebrew word referring to olive oil is yitzhar, which means to anoint. I think many of us are familiar with that word, anoint. Um, we can recall from Psalm 23, you anoint my head with oil, my cup runs over. We're told by the apostles, if there's anyone sick among you, call the elders to anoint them with oil and pray over them, the prayer of faith. And then we read in Psalm 133, verses 1 and 2, Behold how good and how pleasant it is for brothers to dwell together in unity. It is like the precious oil upon the head, coming down upon the beard, Aaron's beard, coming down on the collar of his robes. That is an amazing picture. And we can see, again, the importance of unity within the body, within the congregation of believers, even as Yeshua said, that the world will know us by our love for one another. And so we see this incredible picture here. King David compares unity within the brotherhood to the flowing of precious anointing oil from Aaron's head to, down to his beard and onto his priestly robes. For the blessing of the oil of anointing, there must be a pressing of the olive. This word can also refer to a shining one, since when one is anointed with oil, it gives a shine or a sheen to the individual when it's applied. And we know this when we refer to the word Yitzar anointing, we know that Yeshua is Mashiach, Messiah, or Christ, which means the anointed one. The third Hebrew word referring to olive oil is meshach. This word is used a couple of times in the book of Ezra, and it's in connection with bathing. In this, I think we can certainly think of Yeshua telling people when they fast not to walk around looking sullen, but to put oil on our heads to look clean and fresh. 
And so we can see that in this definition, Meshach. And there's also a very close correlation with Meshach to the word Mashiach, Messiah. Oil is used, as we study through the scriptures, it is used in anointing a king. As we see with Samuel, pouring from the horn of oil on young David's head anointing him to be the next king in Israel of Israel and that's in 1 Samuel chapter 16 oil is used in preparing to meet a king we see this in Esther she anointed herself with oil in preparation for her meeting with the king who would become her bridegroom her husband Oil is also used in anointing the tabernacle. We see this in Exodus 40, that the tabernacle and all in it shall be anointed to be made set apart holy to Adonai. And there are many times in scripture where we see a comparison made between oil and the Ruach HaKodesh, the Holy Spirit. In these comparisons, we can see the anointing of King Messiah, Yeshua. We see him anointed with oil as he had the spirit without measure. We can see ourselves as the temple, as the apostles compare us as the temple, the tabernacle, the house, the spiritual house of Adonai, the temple of the Holy Spirit. We are, set, we are set apart, even as the tabernacle, made holy by the anointing, the outpouring of the Ruach HaKodesh upon us. And we, the bride, prepare ourselves for the bridegroom being anointed with the oil of the Spirit. And even in the tabernacle and the temple, the menorah was to burn continuously with that first pressed oil, the most holy or the purest and the holy set apart oil, that menorah was to burn continually before Adonai. It is the or olam, the light of the world. And it is well known that Yeshua called himself by this name. I am the light of the world or olam. Now, none of this oil can be poured without pressing. We read in Exodus 27, starting at verse 20. Also, you are to command B'nai Yisrael, the children of Israel, that they are to bring to you pure olive oil beaten for the light to cause a lamp to burn continually in the tent of meeting outside the curtain, which is before the testimony, Aaron and his sons will set it in order to burn from evening to morning before Adonai. It will be a statute forever throughout their generations on behalf of B'nai Yisrael, the children of Israel. This is repeated in Leviticus chapter 24, verses 1 through 4. Then Adonai spoke to Moses, saying, Order B'nai Yisrael to bring to you pure olive oil beaten for the light, to keep a lamp burning continually outside of the curtain of the testimony in the tent of meeting. Aaron is to keep it in order from evening to morning before Adonai continually. 
It is to be a statute forever throughout your generations. He is to keep the lamps in order on the pure gold menorah before Adonai continually. The command that the menorah remain continually lit before Adonai Elohim, bringing the or olam, the light of the world. Yeshua, knowing that his followers would be chased away from the temple. He warns them that they would be run out of the temple. And he also knew that the temple would be destroyed. So he encourages his followers to recognize that the menorah, the light that it gives off within the temple, that or olam, the light of the world, it's a picture, it's a shadow of him, the true or olam light of the world. And in these commands, we see in Exodus and Leviticus, the children of Israel were to be instructed to bring the pure olive oil beaten for the light, that first pressing of the oil. We see from the process of the the olives that they must first be crushed, then pressed the three pressings to get all that they have to offer. Of Yeshua, we read in Isaiah 53, 5, but he was pierced because of our transgressions, crushed because of our iniquities. The chastisement of our shalom was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. Messiah was crushed because of our iniquities. When Messiah went to pray, prior to being handed over, tortured, and crucified, he had Peter, along with James and John, the sons of Zebedee, go with him. In anguish, three times Yeshua prayed that the Father would let this cup pass from him. So great was this pressing that it is said Yeshua's sweat was as great drops of blood. Three times he prayed, and each time he came back to check on his three trusted disciples, whom he found sleeping in his time of pressing, his time of trial. Three great pressings of Yeshua in this time of prayer in the Garden of Gethsemane, which is translated as the oil press. That's where he was praying and going through these three pressings in his time of prayer. We read in Hebrews regarding Yeshua's suffering, chapter 1, verses 9 and 10. But we see one who was made for a little while lower than the angels, namely Yeshua. He is now crowned with glory and honor because of the death he suffered, so that by the grace of God he might taste death for everyone. For it was fitting for God, for whom and through whom all things exist in leading many sons to glory to perfect through sufferings the initiator of their salvation. To perfect him through sufferings. And where we read that phrase, that the sufferings were to perfect the initiator of salvation through sufferings, this is not to say Yeshua was imperfect and needed to be polished up. The phrase to perfect here simply means to prove, to show the people 
He was in all points tempted, yet without sin, that he was every bit human and endured the same struggles, but was proved to be the worthy initiator of their salvation. As again, he was tempted in all points, yet without sin, the author and perfecter of their faith. We read further in Hebrews chapter 5 with specific references to Gethsemane, the oil press. Starting at verse 7, In the days of his life on earth, Yeshua offered up both prayers and pleas with loud crying and tears to the one able to save him from death. And he was heard because of his reverence. Though he was a son, he learned obedience from what he suffered. And once made perfect, he became the source of eternal salvation to all who obey him, called by God, Kohen Gadol, high priest, according to the order of Melchizedek. Though Yeshua is a son of God, the son of God, he, through whom the Father created the earth and all within it, became a part of of creation, humbling himself to learn the challenges of obedience for the created being. Why do they struggle so? He came, he experienced that, he lived it, and again, he lived it, yet was without sin. And we see once more that he proved himself, showing himself perfect in obedience to the laws and commands, the Torah of Adonai. He became the source of eternal salvation to all who, wait for it, we just read it, to all who obey him. Yeshua was crushed and went through the oil press three times that we could be anointed with the true oil for those who obey him, the oil of the Ruach HaKodesh, Holy Spirit, the deposit we receive to live the life we are called to in Messiah Yeshua. When we recognize and acknowledge all Yeshua went through for us to be forgiven and reconciled to Adonai Elohim in a right relationship with him, what would we withhold from him? We see the incredible love of El Elyon, the Most High God, blessed be he, the lengths to which he went to redeem us. Knowing these things, what is there that we think would be too much for him to ask of us? Yeshua told us to count the cost before becoming his disciple. There is a cost to being a disciple of his. He gave for us the example of the cost. It will cost us our very lives. We will go through great pressing in being his disciples, but he is the faithful one. He is the friend that sticks closer than a brother who has not only gone through this first for us, but he will be with us as we go through it as well. Even though his own closest friends, his own disciples, they abandoned him. In his time of pressing, hallelujah, Adonai Elohim, 
He is faithful. He will stay with us when we go through the pressing. He will remain faithful because he cannot deny himself. Hallelujah. I want to thank you for giving me your time. I appreciate you very much. Continue, as always, study to show yourself approved. Dig in and study these things out. Adonai Elohim, the Lord our God, is amazing. He is El Elyon, the Most High God. We love him and we praise him. We exalt him. His name is high and lifted up. Hashem, the name. Once again, thank you for giving me some of your time. And I pray that you will continue to walk and to grow in the life to which you have been called by the Master, the Messiah, Yeshua. Thank you again. Study up, brush yourself up. The time is short and the days are evil, my friends. We need to go out and give them heaven. Grace and peace to you. Until next time, Chain Shalom.